It's the state of Victorian trots racing and the people who drive the sport. You're one out, one back. And a very good morning. Welcome to the latest edition of One Out, One Back for Harness Racing Victoria on RSN 927. Our social media, our country relays as well. You're with Andrew Cues. And joining us at the HRV headquarters, they've made it back safely from Mildura. And I'm talking about uh, Cody Winnell and Toby McKinnon. You're both there, guys, safely back? We are, yeah. Thanks very much, Andrew. Toby and I are here. In the, Toby, it was a good week up at Mildura. Oh, it was fantastic. And the haze is starting to clear finally. Excellent. Glad to hear it in time for the Warrigal Cup, of course, the downtown of Warrigal Cup on Sunday. And we're going to talk uh, plenty about that. We'll hear from the Cup we're hoping to get Bill Glover on in just a second to talk a little bit more about his background. I think he's running the Punters Club, Toby. Yeah, the famous long-haired Billy, a man that's been around the traps for a long time. Haven't heard from him for a fair while, though. wonder okay. what he's been up to. Well, he used to be a regular fixture, Andrew, on RSN, and uh, it'll be good to get him back on. We're also going to talk uh, Maori's Idol Points Trophy, uh, of course, the Eddie Everson Memorial Warrigal Trotters Cup this Sunday. We'll preview that. Uh, we'll do a full wrap on the Mildura Cup week a little bit later on, and then the Melton uh, Oaks, uh, or, sorry, the Victoria Oaks at Melton this weekend, the, the heats, and uh, Toby, I'll throw some questions at you about that a bit later on, and we'll look at the markets from Tab to see if any of the fillies have been backed. Terrific. Let's welcome uh, Bill Glover to the program, One Out, One Back. He's there on the line, joining us on the show, Cody. Fantastic. Bill, welcome to One Out, One Back. Morning, Andrew, Cody, and Toby. Hey, great to have you on, mate. Thanks for coming on. They've got you back in, uh, back at the Punters Club looking after things down at Warrigal. Uh, and, of course, uh, you'd be looking forward to that. And you were mentioning to me off-air earlier that you were doing your good mate down there a bit of a favour. Oh, Des Hughes, yeah, it does a great job. And Warrigal's always been one of my favourite country clubs and that they've treated us terrifically over the years and that. You go back in the past to such great names as Dan Talbot, uh, Rolly Thompson, Ken Miller, Norm Shearer, Len Petch, Michael Lodge, etc., etc. But no, just a terrific country club. I know I've got big shoes to follow, how well uh, Brett and Darren Carroll have been running punters clubs lately and more, more recent times, Jason and Blake, uh, with the good form. And, yeah, we'll see what we can do for the boys there. Nothing, no guarantee. Guarantees or promises, but we'll be trying our hardest. Billy, we haven't heard from you for a number of years. What have you been up to? Oh, no, still following him, Toby. Uh, you know, I can't get a real job, unfortunately, or anything in those regards. But, no, still monitoring all the form. And now that everything's on the computer virtually with the great job Harness Org does with trials and everything like that, and unfortunately with the lack of bookmakers and that on course and being more of uh, trying to get your bets on via the computer and with a few different companies and whatever, it seems a little bit more advantageous when possible to be at home to kind of place bets and to run your operations in that regard. And Bill, you're still a you're very you're still a very keen follower, as you say, of the trots, but also especially the trials. And uh, I remember speaking to you a couple of years back, and you tipped a couple of horses to me, and they didn't they they came out and basically won either that week or became very talented horses moving forward. Uh, is that still something that you spend a lot of time on those trials? Uh, you still do, but fortunately, you know, we don't have to travel there as often as we used to or anything like that. Just a brief one. Being always an eastern suburbs boy, and that in the old days, I used to monitor the kind of Cranbourne, Yarra Glen, Yarrabat, Warrigal, and Gale Park trials 
and before these results became known to everyone and that, we'd swap our notes with correspondents in other areas. Uh, and, you know, it was just so beneficial to find out some of these. And I know yourself being an old country newspaper boy, getting results of the Kyabrams and Marutnas and that through the newspapers, getting them at McGill's and whatever, also just gave the punters that little bit of an extra edge that a few of the bookies and that didn't quite know about. But, no, it's a bit harder nowadays that it's all out there and that. But, no, if you still watch them all and, you know, keep good notes and whatever, you can still make a quid now and then. No, absolutely. And you talk about travelling around. Tell us a little bit about those uh, those days and, and just how many Ks you used to rack up. And, and you would have clocked them up in the in the panel van, they tell me. I love oh. the panel van cars. Uh, do you still have the panel van? Uh, one more, uh, The first panel van we had in that, I think the trip that probably tops them all was Glen Waverley to Oyen for a day meeting, coming back via Horsham and then making it back to Glen Waverley in the, about an 18-hour trip or whatever. But the sad thing is we won about 600 at Oyen or so and we gave about 500 off a pack at Horsham. I should have come straight back home after AM, but you live and learn these things. But the people that you meet and everything like that, and fortunately in those days, the traffic wasn't quite what it is nowadays and that you could get to a lot of these areas, you know, a lot quicker and whatever. But it was just a terrific life in that, to be perfectly honest, Cody. I'd still love to go to every meeting, you know, day in, day out and that. But as I said, it just makes it harder with so much information now to kind of collate and keep on record. So you'll run the punters club on Sunday, uh, Bill. I'll be bringing a little bit along with me to get involved. Are you feeling confident? Oh, we'll give it a go, Tobe. I still remember how to do them and that. I try and go for the bit of value in that rather than place large amounts on, you know, short price horses and that. If there is a short price horse that looks to win, we'll try and narrow the placings down and get a trifecta or a first four, something in that regards. And as I said, you just kind of take each race as it comes, whatever. But I don't know, it'll just be actually a pleasure just to run into a few old faces again and everything like that and you know as I said we'll try our hardest and everything like that and I'll still follow the old rule that I used to have I've run a few back in the very olden days of that where if I got paid any fee for doing these things and we were behind coming to the last I would waive my fee and try some desperate get out bet so that at least we can get the punters some return and put a bit of a smile on their face on the way home. Now, Bill, I understand you haven't started uh, just looking at the form just yet, but uh, I can uh, tell you that I believe the first two legs of the quaddy are going to be standing start trot races. Uh, potential for a bit of value there, and that, that's sort of the way you play, yeah? Oh, the trotters are the best value at the moment going around and everything like that. And probably not too much after dealers knock last night, ran the race of its life after galloping out against Majestuoso. And some of us were on at the $23. But no, there is the good value there. And of course, if you watch them and you see the ones that show a bit of potential and oh, yeah, I think there is a good chance there. And hopefully, rather than give you any of my thoughts for Oracle, I might leave you with one for uh, this afternoon's Mary Burren tonight at Kilmore. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What have we got? I just think Sky Eagle's a very promising two-year-old trotter for Emmanuel Portelli, and I've been waiting for a two-year-old trot race over 2190, and in the second today at that Charlton meeting at Maryborough, I think if Emmanuel lets it settle early, I think you'll find it's a very promising young trotter who should go pretty well, and there's a terrific Platinum Series mares race at Kilmore tonight as well, where the two fancied runners, Four Walls, and there's a Stormer coming, uh, look to be the main ones, but by gee, Tusket Dawn really caught my eye off one of the replays. I think I had it running a half in 56 at its last start. So if those two favourites don't pay too much respect to each other, I think Anne-Marie Conroy might be storming home in that race at Kilmore. So a little bit of hope there. How good's that to get a bonus, uh, some bonus thoughts, Toby? Oh, he's killing me. I, I'd, <laughs> I'd found Tusker Dawn as well, so it's oh, just, he's just halved the odds. Sure, sure.
No, hey, no Bill. he's an old stopwatch man. He knows he sees when he sees one back in the field that is wide and makes up ground. As my old late mate Brian Atkins used to say, you watch the ones that are the widest when they're going the fastest. Because, there you go. You know, and it's back in a small field of six, so I think that might help it. But now, always looking for value in that, Katie, because as I say, unless you're a multi-millionaire, it's very hard to keep buttering up at large amounts on these short price horses and that. But I've always tried to be a bit of a value punter in that, so yeah. No, absolutely, and I can also tell you, Toby still is the man who has the binoculars and the uh, and the stopwatch at the track. Yeah, no, I tell you what, and even the transistor radio is one of the great things that a lot of the younger generation wouldn't even know about nowadays. But I know with the great service that Sky and Sky Vision gives and everything like that, the radio signal's still in advanced, and you just get that one occasion. And I think there was one recently there at Melton where Dan Malecki pointed out the true colours was galloping in the score up and whatever, and taking. No part. So a couple of people that are listening to the radio or that near a computer were smart enough to get on Arabella Star. That might have been the reason why its win price might have caved in a little bit uh, right at the last minute and that. But it's amazing how some of the old tools of the trade are still applicable nowadays. No, absolutely. Well, Bill, look, it's been great to have you back uh, on the RSN this morning. Thanks for coming on One Out, One Back. And good luck on Sunday at the Warrigal Cup meeting. I hope you have an absolute fill-up for the Punters Club there. I just hope I stay half as well as you fellas that all went to Mildura, Cody, Toby, Rob, Aubrey, etc. all went in that. You set an example to some of us older guys to keep on punching. No, thank you very much, Bill. Great to have you on, mate. We'll catch up soon. It's RSN 927's One Out, One Back. Bill Glover, his passion for harness racing really shines through. If you're going to Warrigal, want to join in in the Punters Club. Speaking of Warrigal, I spoke a few days ago to another very passionate chap, Des Hughes from Warrigal Pacing and Trotting Club. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Doing okay. Uh, Just to our listeners who don't know, the history of racing on Easter Sunday, has that been your cup to Warrigal for some time now, has it? It has been, Andrew, for many years, and uh, it's, it's been very successful over over a number of years, and uh, we look forward to it each each year as it comes around, and we've got a lot, lot planned this coming Easter. So so you were day meeting on the day? Day meeting, yes. We start about 12 o'clock, and um, we usually uh, have around about eight races, and uh, we're got a really good program this year right activities. how, how bu- for those that don't know how busy is warrigal in terms of your times you race each year do you, how many meetings a year do you hold We've, we we ha- we run eight race meetings a year and uh quite a few sun sunday meetings <clears throat> but um our big day is cup day yes yeah, certainly and uh we're uh Certainly excited about this year. Do, do you have lighting there, or is there you run your? No, we're, yeah, is that why your day is that okay? Yeah, we're all day meetings. Yeah. Right, it used to be lights, but uh, now for those that want to come along and have an Easter Day lunch, uh, they can come along to what's a, a very nice package. I was having having a look at your website. We want to promote this with a few days to go. Certainly to book, uh, you've got a Cup Day dining package for just forty dollars a person. There, Des. Forty dollars a person, a two course meal, a um, couple of drink vouchers, a race book entry. And um, we've got a really exciting punters club planned with uh, legend Bill Glover doing our tips, tipsters uh, tipping competition. So um, we've uh, got a booking on course as well. But, yeah, we are taking bookings for um, our Easter, that Easter package. package. Yeah. Right. Any, any other information or things to mention that people might be, might be doing? Are you going to have Easter eggs for the kids, given you're on the Easter Sunday? We have Easter eggs for the kids. We've got a trotting... 
merry-go-round carousel, we've got pony rides, we've got pony trots, very floss, face painting, all those things, and it's free entry, free entry at Warrigal. Terrific. And um, after the cup meeting, I noticed you're sort of almost like constant each month. Your next meeting is late May, the 27th, it's a Monday, and then you go on the Sunday, the 23rd of June. So nice little gaps in between each meeting, about a month. That's right, and the 23rd of June is going to be a big day. That's our uh, Members' Day, so we're already planning for that as well. Des Hughes from Warrigal and some terrific reasons to get along for their cup meeting this Sunday. And you are with Andrew Hughes, Cody Winnell and Toby McKinnon. This is the One Out, One Back program for Harness Racing Victoria on RSN 927. Um, Cody, we might talk about uh, Warrigal and, of course, the impact on the meeting on the uh, Mary's Idol points. Where's that standing? And does it finish at Warrigal? Now we've got several races left. I was going to ask you that, that yeah. yeah. So the Country so, Pacing Championship Series finishes up, but the Mary's Idol does. Trotters continues because I noticed that Shepparton have um, their meeting the week after, and that brings me to another question. Uh, it's still in the minority, but there are still a few clubs that actually have the Trotting Cup away from their Pacing Cup, which I think is a good marketing angle because it gives you another reason to promote a meeting. But there are a few clubs that separate their Pacing and Trotting Cups, aren't there? Yeah, there is, Andrew. I'll answer this one. The Warrigal Cup this uh, Sunday, then it is followed up by Shepparton on Friday with Ballarat and Bendigo still to come. Bendigo winding things up for the Mary's Idol Championship on June 7. So, which is, codes, it's really coming down to the wire with Fratellino on 28 points. 14 starts for Fratellino. It's running 14 cups. It's in the Warrigal Cup on Sunday and is a chance. Now, ends in a party won the Mildura Cup last Thursday. For Brad's, wasn't he thrilled Brad's and isn't he a fella? Yeah. Uh, it jumped up to 19 points. Yep. It's in the Warrigal Trotters Cup. It's a fair chance ends in a party. The horse, I think he's got it right again. And if it wins at Warrigal, it's going to come down to the line. The the McNulty-Stevens, uh, they're good mates. Sean McNulty trains for Adelino, ends in a party for Brad Stevens. It could come down to their home cup at Bendigo. What about Burnsy's belts? Is that, uh, he loomed up strongly the other night. He's on 20. He's actually a point in front of ends in a party. Is he pressing on? He's he's coming off the 20-metre handicap at uh, Warrigal, and he'll be riding amongst it as well. This is going to go Unlike down Donkey to the wire. On like Donkey Kong. The Pacing Cup, the Trots Country Cups Championship, of course, uh, Perspective was the one who needed to win Mildura, and then Warrigal wasn't able to win Mildura. San Carlo too strong there, so that means Buster Brady has picked up the uh, twenty-five thousand dollar bonus, which uh, is a fantastic result for uh, for Kima Fredding and the Stokey team. Yeah, it's it's been a fantastic series. Tim O'Brien was pretty happy with Perspective. He had a fantastic week at Mildura, Tim, and the horses went well as well. Absolutely, and uh, looking at the Eddie Everson Memorial Warrigal Trotters Cup, uh, before we've done the form on this, Toby. What are, you, what, are you, what are your feelings? Well, Cordy's Prince coming off the front. If he trots around, he'll be very, very hard to beat Cordy's Prince. I do like one, though, at a little bit of odds. Desert Fly got to the line very well at Melton a couple of starts ago. It'll come off 10 metres. If Cordy's Prince makes a mistake, ends in a party, belts will be right into the race and... and Keep your eye on Desert Flyer. It's my roughie. Claudius Prince started very short, of course, in the Mildura Trotters Cup. Uh, and we should talk about that. It was the uh, the Sea Light Windows and Doors Mildura Trotters Cup. And uh, and he just didn't handle that first turn, which so many of the horses don't, uh, Toby. No, they don't. I thought he would coming off that small Kyabram track. Um, he was vetted before the race, which was interesting. Uh, Mick Blackmore's a bit of a genius. He is an absolute genius, Mick Blackmore. So he should have the horse ride. I expect he'll get around Warrigal, and uh, he'll be very 
hard to beat on Sunday. And while we're talking about Mildura, uh, San Carlo was, of course, such an impressive uh, winner of the Mildura Pacing Cup. Beck Bartley, terrific drive, just put it in the race when she needed to, and class prevailed at the finish. Uh, it was uh, She was thrilled. She gave the a flourish of the whip as she crossed the line. It definitely meant something. She had all the family there. Um, Steve O'Donoghue had the family there. Uh, this one just seemed to mean a little more, and Beck made that remark uh, as well, saying that uh, the Mildura Cup is a very special race, and it's one that she's always wanted to uh, win. And the same for Steve O'Donoghue. They went so close last year, of course, finishing second with uh, Shakahari. Shakahari, and they've been able to go one better this year. What did you make of that? Oh, it was fantastic. The best horse won the race, let's face it. And uh, the, the, one of the stories of, of the carnival, I thought, was Stephen O'Donoghue and Mark Watson, the trainer of Brellas Pass, commuted together from mm. Cobram and Shepparton to the Mildura go. on the Saturday, just to cut down on that driving, which is which is great to see. So rivals, but uh, but mates at the same time. Yeah. Emain Macca ran a huge race in second place. Uh, this is a horse that is still going places and still on the up for Greg Schofield. And uh, reciprocity, you could say the same for that mare. I think the mare's triple crown's just around the corner, and gee whiz, she's in that up to her eyeballs. Yes, and good value on the TAB at the moment for those that want to have an early play for go. the uh, Queen of the Pacific. There you go, the TAB. I haven't heard that for a little while, Toe. Tab.com. Can I ask you, um, what was the wrap-up of the fashion that night? We had Toby's uh, red carpet interviews in the stabling area at Mildura about what people were going to wear. And Obviously, there can only be a couple of winners, but... Was the room full of uh, the best bling and decoration and outfits? They went to town, did they? Bling and decoration. What do you make of it, so? Oh, look, Andrew, fashion was the winner on the night. Um, the actual winners, though, Lisa Ryan from South Australia and Alex Ashwood, who both had uh, di- a couple of terrific drives and then uh, fantastic outfits as well. And it's it's really uh, embraced by all the drivers, both the uh, the racing concept and the fashion, and it was really How good would fun. you describe their outfits? And, in fact, how would you describe... Alex's, because I know women can choose a variety of ways of trying to impress the judges, but how far can you sep- you know go with go the distance in a suit or a, a, you know is it much tougher for the men to separate them for the judges? What would you describe they were wearing for those that weren't there? Toby, I'll I'll try and answer this in my uh, and I know nothing about fashion, but I'd say there was a. There was a bit of a mixed approach, Andrew. Some of them were going with the traditional kind of suit look, you know, uh, same colour jacket as the uh, as the pants, and then others others were mixing it up a bit with the with the the bluish type suit jacket, uh, which people on Twitter were referring to as the Bonnington. Oh, okay. The Bonnington blue jacket. Well, He's made that style his own. A number of the male drivers still maintain that they won the fashion section. And I believe there was I'd a little bit of I'd love to see a contra- breakdown on the points. Oh, there was a little bit of controversy and a little bit of discussion about the females afterwards. I'd say the shoes might have been the go-to, and some of the socks as well, Andrew. There was uh, there was some interesting socks on the go as well. So there were all the stops were pulled out, that's for sure. Um, but uh, if you'd like, Toby could possibly just go through it one by one and give us your full-on critique, Toby. Oh, I think we'll save. <laughs> Don't have the time, time for that. <laughs> so everyone did the uh, went to town. I guess in those sort of nights. It's not the ones that go to the trouble that stand out. It's the bloke that just rocks in wearing something so bland and boring that people look at him and say, gee, he didn't do anything. Well, the amazing thing is I think it's the first time that that sort of hasn't happened this year. I think they're really embracing it now, and they all do put in a bit of effort. And I must say a shout-out to the ones who had to drive and then quickly sort of hustle into the room, get dressed and come out. I think Puppet was one of those. Uh, I think Jackie Barker maybe, but, you know, they still presented really well but it, it is a bit tricky isn't it when you uh, when you've got to quickly get uh, out of your driving gear and into your uh, into your fashion 
Well, when they announced the uh, winners of the females, Michelle Phillips came third. That's she right. Was on the she track was on the with track. her next drive. Yeah. So it's a very busy night for the drivers that they've really embraced it, and it's a great feature. What did you gun. wear, Toby? Uh, I had uh, just a plain suit, okay. Andrew. It's a bit of a letdown after the work you did on the show the week before. <laughs> Cody, were you there, Cody? Did you? Yeah. You yeah. Wear? No. Well, I was wearing the uh, just, just a yeah, just a shirt jacket. Okay. No, I had a nice green sort of suit uh, jacket right. on there with some uh, with some sort of brown uh, some pants. Uh, just I mean, I don't know, mate. I just okay. wore clothes. What's, but I tell uh, you what's, what, what's uh, Bonington wear? When does he wear that blue jacket that's so well known? Uh, pretty much, Everywhere. pretty regularly. Although, yeah. no, I think the old blue jacket's been retired to the Bendigo um, Harness Racing uh, historical okay. Museum, yeah. the historical centre. But I should mention Trot's Vision. That was sort of where I was doing the bulk of my work, and it was a fantastic night to be uh, on track at Mildura for Cup Night uh, and the Trot's Vision coverage. We took it next level with uh, parade ring interviews, Jason Bonington with the stalls interviews and on track. Um, we had pre-packages done up there and all the races live through the trots.com.au. So that worked really well. And... Uh, and you're going to see more of that going forward at uh, at particular meetings. Um, so that's something that the fans can certainly keep an eye on at thetrots.com.au. It's RSN 927's One Out, One Back. Yes, our weekly look at trots and harness news and fashion. You're with Andrew Cuse, Cody Winnell, and, of course, uh, in the HRV studio today, Toby McKinnon. For the rest of the program, our remaining four or five minutes, uh, gentlemen, we might look at the uh, big uh, Melton Oaks. Pretty excited by this. It's the Lazarus Victoria Oaks, and we've got three heats being run this weekend, Toby. I might just go through each of the heats and the market with tab.com just to see if there's any sort of fluctuations in the early part, and then if you want to just give us your thoughts, we've got in the first uh, heat, Yannary's 150. Miss Streisand's 550 right in the market. Just the other ones in the market here, we've got... uh, uh, two times better at $5.50. Vina Mays at $23, but the raging favourite, Toby Bell of Montana, despite the second row draw at $1.25. Oh, she, the New Zealand fillies, she's probably the best filly in the series, credential-wise. Did beat our, our, our Princess Tiffany in New Zealand in the size stakes over there and the Peter Brecken. She's a dollar twenty-five, and in the heat of a race, I'm never keyed on the dollar twenty-five. I'd rather take the two eighty for the final the week after. She's she she's the one to beat in the series at this stage. But I, again, I'm not a hundred percent keen on the dollar twenty-five. I like Miss Streisand coming from the two, should get across and get a cheap lead and could upset the favourite in this heat. So Miss Dryzan gets to make uh, her own luck. Two times better drawing inside the back row and Belle of Montana. They just require that little bit of uh, that little bit extra, don't they? And being a heat, they are run differently to the final. They are sometimes. And you'll find this in the second heat as well, Cody. Uh, I think you'll find smart as can be. Is it still the favourite at eighty? It certainly is. There's actually been no market moves here. Now, this surprises me a little bit. Smart as can be is eighty. Victoria Bruce two sixty, and I think the best value bet in early markets is Enchanted Stride, who's at six dollars fifty, and I'm surprised that hasn't shortened yet. This market's been open almost twenty four hours, I believe, and there's been no move. Lady Rock and Roller eleven dollars, and you can get out to pretty big odds about another filly. I quite like going forward in Single Tree Road at eighteen dollars. Yeah, smart as can be, the Queensland filly is. Oh, it's won about 10 in a row. It's trying to emulate what Cherry Cheer did in back in 2001, I'm going to go with. Some of the listeners will know that we've got the famous Cherry Cheer silks hanging up in this very room here, Toby. Oh, yes, and the, the red and green there. So how good is she? We're not really sure. She hasn't been tested out of her state yet. 
Absolutely. Um, what about Enchanted Stride? Are you with me on the value there? Oh, I'd prefer, if I was going value, I'd go Lady Rock and Roller. Did run an excellent fifth in the New South Wales Oaks final. She's $11 at the moment, and I think she, she, I'm just not sure where she'll settle. She might settle one out, one back, and if she does that, she'll be well worth She'll be right there, close at the finish. And before we wrap it up, we'll look at the final Oaks heat, and then we'll have a quick look at the Uncle Patrika Trotters free-for-all. The last of the Oaks heats here, $1.95 Kualoa, uh, of course, for the powerful Emma Stewart and Clayton Tonkin stable. Arabella Star drawn the pole. Very smart Philly 440. Tangoing with Sierra also 440. Soho Nalita 650. Um, the rank outsider in this race is a Philly I've got a lot of time for and well said Lucy who's won 5 out of 6. Yeah, she's got the tricky draw though from Barrier 6. The one I, I'd be keen on here is Swimsuit Edition and again looking for a bit of value. It's currently $19. Ran 7th in the New South Wales Oaks Final. Kualaya ran 6th in the New South Wales Oaks Final. Tango with Sierra ran 2nd and Arabella Star ran 3rd. So you got half a final there. there It'll go. be it, it, they'll be desperate to actually finish in the top four and make the final out of that heat. Very so, strong heat. It's a very strong heat indeed. So we're looking forward to the Lazarus Victoria Oaks heats on Saturday night. We've also got the Uncle Patrika Trotters free for Now, this is a belter of a field. We see the return of Maori Law at $5.50. That feels like good value. $5.50. Red Hot Tooth, current favourite, two forty with tab.com.au. McLovin also feels a pinch of value here at three eighty. Is drawn awkwardly. Importantly, Kingdom Come, the stablemate's drawn gate four. It's $5.50. Does possess plenty of gate speed. This is a good race. I'm a McLovin man here, Cody. I think uh, Kate will uh, get out off the fence as early as possible, off the marker pegs, and should follow into the race nicely. And I think six of its last seven, it's hard to go past McLovin. And to be honest, I can't believe it's $3.80. No, absolutely. It, it does feel like a very good price about a horse that we know the stable rates very highly. There have been uh, some comparisons even to the Inter-Dominion trotter winner in uh, in Tornado Valley. Toby, uh, before we go, have you got a best bet or something for the weekend? I do. There is a mare I've been following for Didn't some time. Didn't that feel scripted, by the way? <laughs> There is a mare I've been following called Looks Like Heaven. She's had six, seven runs back from a spell. She hasn't had a good barrier draw as yet. She's drawn barrier eight in the Egmont Park stud pace, which is the eighth race at Melton. It should get the gun run behind the charging mower, an interesting horse for Dean Braun, who's brought it down from Queensland. She gets the gun run behind the leader. Pistol Abbey will go back at the start. I just feel that this could be her race, and I expect it to be fairly good value too. Race eight, number eight at Melton, Looks Like Heaven. Well, good luck uh, with the uh, tips there and good luck to Bill Glover who joined us, of course, earlier on with the uh, Warrigal uh, Punters Club. Cody, we'll chat to you next week and likewise, uh, Toby, you're becoming a regular part of the show, in fact, so I uh, guess uh, we might see you again soon. Thanks very much. This Thanks, has Andrew. been uh, One Out, One Back for Harness Racing Victoria on RSN 927. Thanks for listening. Want to hear one out, one back again? Head to iTunes, our Facebook page and the podcast page at rsn.net.au.